Life Audio. Welcome to the Homeschooling Families Podcast. I'm your host, Leslie Nunnery, and I am so glad you're here. Today, we have a special guest. Dana Blomberg is a homeschooling veteran of 23 years and an expert in preparing children for adulthood through homeschooling. She and I are going to discuss some critical questions like when the process of training for spiritual success really begins, what does that look like at different stages of childhood, and whether or not it's possible to successfully prepare our children for long-term spiritual success by the time they graduate from high school. We'll also delve into the role of Bible colleges in aiding long-term spiritual success. You don't want to miss a moment of this conversation, really, no matter where you are in your parenting journey, because there's a lot of great discipleship information that's about to come your way. Before we dive into that, though, I want to invite you to join us at Teach Them Diligently conventions this coming May. The families who flock to Teach Them Diligently are serious about their mission, raising their children to know and love God and educating them well to be prepared to serve them or serve Him all their days. What these families find at Teach Them Diligently is incredible encouragement and help for their journey, great friendships with like-minded, mission-driven families, and the resources to make doing their job easy. Teach Them Diligently is the place for you. I invite you to get your ticket today and plan to join us in Pigeon Forge, Tennessee or Branson, Missouri in May of 2024. We absolutely cannot wait to see you there. You can get your tickets and more information by going to teachthemdiligently.net forward slash events. Again, that's teachthemdiligently.net forward slash events. And now I invite you to join me as I explore these crucial parenting topics with Dana Blomberg. Welcome back to another edition of Homeschooling Families Podcast. I am very excited to welcome Dana Blomberg, who is with Faith Baptist Bible College. Dana is a homeschooling veteran of 23 years. Um, she is a mom of three who are all now in adulthood. She has a ton of experience to share and a passion for discipling children and giving them a foundation on which to stand, not only through their teen years and young adult years, but that will take them serving the Lord joyfully for the rest of their life. So Dana, welcome to the podcast. I'm so glad you're here. Oh, it is a privilege to be here with you today, Leslie. Thank you. You're welcome. We are talking about one of my absolute favorite things to talk about, and that is just discipling and going for the hearts of your children. I know it is so important that we that we focus in early and often in just naturally yet intentionally passing on our faith to our kids. You have so much experience. You've raised your kids. You've seen what the Lord can do. What are some of the things that God has taught you through the years about discipleship and about training your kids to know and love Jesus? Well, first of all, Training your children is something that we've been instructed to do, of course, all throughout Scripture, especially back in the Old Testament. Everyone is familiar with with where it says to teach them 
of course, diligently, which, which I know you base that upon, but it isn't just during family devotions. It's talking about in, you know, as you're walking through life, as, as you're, you know, teaching them along the way, as you're, when you rise up, when you, when you lie down, it's just, it's an all encompassing lifestyle. And so when you are first beginning your training of your children, you want to make sure that it is biblically based. It's based upon maybe those stories that you've been reading together, even from toddlerhood and, you know, as you're training them through your homeschooling up into your high school years. Yeah, it's so important to be thinking in that way and to remember the call that every Christian parent has, period. I mean, this is not a homeschool thing. This is a God has told you as a parent thing. So it's much, much larger than just those who believe that God would have them educate their kids at home. This is a mandate for all of us. That's right. That's right. Yeah. And so I guess, and you kind of alluded to this, but when should we start thinking about training our kids for spiritual success? When, you know, kind of when does that really start, in your opinion, as you're kind of looking back? Well, you know, when you first find out that that sweet little baby is to be born, of course, you want to be bathing in prayer, praying that the Lord will prepare that child's heart to receive him as their savior at one point. And then you begin laying that foundation is, you know, we did a lot of singing with our kids when they were little. Once they start learning action songs in those toddler years, learning and acting out those stories like David and Goliath was my oldest boy's favorite. I think we did that every, you know, five times a day and fall on the ground. And then we talk about how God is so big and those action songs. My God is so big, so strong and so mighty. That's my grandson's favorite song to do together. Uh, another song that we do together is uh, called Keep Me Jesus as the Apple of Your Eye. And we're talking about his protection, hiding us under the shadow of his wings. And, you know, they might see it as just fun. But as they get older, when they become troubled or, you know, something is scary, you can say, remember, what did we learn in the story about David or that song that we're singing? My God is so big. He is so big. And here my granddaughter last night, she just, out of the blue, we were snuggling, and she said, Grandma, how big is God? And I was like, oh, sweetie, I love this question. And we get exactly. able to say, God is so big. He spoke the universe into being, and he holds it in his hands. He stretched out his hands, and, and he made the universe with his hands. And so anyway, to be able to bring them back to those principles, and then well, then when you're getting into your elementary years, you know, after you've laid the foundation of the gospel, that gospel message is front and center and making sure that they understand the response to the gospel. They know the story of it. But what's next? You know, you believe that God is who he is. You believe that Jesus died on the cross. That is not just a story. It's a true account what do I do about that? Is that enough? Well, you can explain there's an enemy who is Satan and he believes and he shudders. The demons believe. So what is the difference? And you begin to say, no, you need to take that next step. And you use the story of the ark when Noah and his family, they knew that God existed and God gave them something to do while the people around them saw that ark and it was being constructed what was required, and Noah told them. So I'm sure 
you know, if you were those people, they would say, they were telling their friends, well, what's that ark for? And while they say, something's going to happen, we need to get in the ark. God's going to judge things. And, and obviously, they didn't respond properly. So what saved them? Entry into that ark, which is a beautiful picture of Christ. And that was what saved them from the judgment of God. So you can incorporate that when you have a response. We enter into that relationship with him by putting our faith and trust in Christ alone. Yeah. You know, even as you were talking, I think it's really important to note that for us as parents, as we are rehearsing those truths, as we are reminding our kids of not only do we see these accounts in God's word, but we have a response. We have something that we take from that. These are ways that God grows us as well. And it's really amazing and just absolutely awesome how God sanctifies and grows our faith as men and women while we are pouring in and discipling our children. And that is one of the greatest gifts that we have as parents is we are able to grow alongside of our children and then turn around and leverage everything that God teaches us on their behalf, which is what discipleship is all about. So just as you were talking about those responses and the, the things that we extract from those accounts that we're telling our kids, that's really a profound way that God grows us because so often as adults, we get going real fast, we get thinking real lofty, and we forget about those little truths that we need to pass on to our kids. But those little truths are amazing for us as well. That's correct. Yeah. Yeah, I think one of the greatest forms of leadership for your children is to be in the gutters with them and learning with them and for them to see God is impacting the lives of my parents. And, you know, even if you and your husband are having a little struggle and your kids pick up on that for you to go to them humbly and say, you know what, we weren't acting in a proper way and God forgave us. We're going to ask you for forgiveness, but just know God's working on us and God's helping us to love each other as, as we should. And that just has a profound impact on the kids. And my kids have brought that up later on in life, you know, as they're now married and have their own families. And like probably anybody else, I don't know, maybe we're alone in this, but we've, you know, definitely have needed God's grace as we've oh, been yes. learning parenthood along the way. And, but that's the beauty of walking with the Lord. He uses us broken people. Well, and learning each different stage of parenthood, too. You feel like, you know, you kind of get that toddler stage handled and all of a sudden you've moved on. So the Lord has yeah, us ever before him. And the thing that's been so surprising to me, and we'll actually talk about this a little bit more in a little bit, but young adults launched kids. The way that we still get to invest in and parent them, it's different but it's really awesome. And so, and that all rests on the foundation that we gave them as children and those relationships that were fostered while they were young and in our home. So we'll get there. I'm rushing. So I disrupted your flow there. So we've oh, no problem. toddlerhood. We've talked even about how we are sharing these truths with them in those elementary years. Take us a little farther in that as we're teaching and preparing our kids. After a short break, we'll be right back to talk even more about this. As you get up into upper elementary, things are going to start to fall together for these kids. They're going to start to see how it's going to affect 
how they act towards each other, their relationships, and, you know, the beauty of having your children learning alongside of one another. And then if you're like our family, a good portion of your day is spent counseling your kids through disagreements. And there were days where I thought, could we please just get to school? Okay, this is important too, but God gives us siblings in order to train us for adulthood and how to get along. What a beautiful thing. And so you're learning how to mend relationships, how to love one another well with a Christ-like love, getting rid of not living for self, dying to self. So those things start to really solidify during that time, teaching them how to read their Bible and starting to implement, okay, you know, now I've been telling you what the Bible says. I've been reading you these stories, but now it's time for you to start to read on your own and for you to develop that personal relationship with him and, and encourage prayer. Pray with them and teach them how to pray, teaching them that this is not just a church thing. This is a personal, this is the best gift you could have ever received because it's not just us talking to air. It is God with us who says he'll never leave us or forsake us. So even taking them to prayer when things are hard, they're scared about something. They don't know if they're going to do well on a test or they don't know, you know, they're, they're having friend problems. Bringing them to the Lord in prayer, walking alongside them in that way. And you get into the beautiful junior high years. My family affectionately called them the larva stage. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> Where they're just, you know, preparing for adult is so awkward on so many levels. But for you too, it's so difficult for them. It is. It's an unbelievably difficult time for both them and then by extension for parents. And I didn't know before we got there just how transformational and difficult and like internally active that season of life was for our kids. Yeah. Yep. And during that time and also in the, the elementary years, I forgot to mention just the importance of inviting your kids to minister along with you or to serve along with you. Like camp was always a big part of our lives. And there were times my husband couldn't make it because of work, but we'd I'd pack up the kids for a week and either we were doing music together for the kids' camps or, you know, working in the kitchen or, but they developed through that a love for ministry. And so to see how pouring into other people will affect their lives or even, you know, a good portion for women a good portion of ministry is kitchen table ministry. And for you to say, okay, they're coming over. You kids get to love on these kids coming over that may not know the Lord or maybe things are a little tough. You need to be strong. You need to be the influencer. And while I love on this mom who needs just needs to talk to somebody for a little bit. And so it got to where they knew what they needed to do and they take whoever, or they knew that, you know, if the kids weren't involved, they knew that letting mom have a little time to talk through things with this young, struggling mom was a ministry. And so then, you know, I was able to share with them how the Lord was working, you know, and of course not sharing things that I shouldn't share. But, <laughs> but those times are really impactful for our kids. We are like hardwiring loving God and loving people into them when we allow them to serve alongside us. It becomes second nature because that's just kind of what they do. This is our family culture. We do this. 
And they had these practical opportunities to walk alongside and serve alongside, playing a really important role, you know, just loving on the kids of a mom that I was ministering to was a very important role for my kids. And they knew that, you know, we stressed that we helped them understand how God could use that time. And that's a really big element for them just naturally looking for those opportunities as young adults and, you know, beyond. And teaching them to see the invisible people, you know, not just, you know, if we were out, my kids are involved in sports, teaching them to look for somebody that was a loner and maybe coming alongside and because there's inevitably times in life where they're going to see those that maybe seem a little more unlovable or they're not as outgoing. And those people, even in our Christian circles, sometimes they end up, there becomes a pecking order and they're the ones that get picked on or whatever. So to teach them how to see people the way the Lord does and to pay attention to the Lord prompting them. And then teaching them also the joy of sharing the gospel, being able to say, hey, there's hope, my friend, and to make sure they're in situations where a safe situation, but even at church, there's going to be people that that don't know the Lord or that are, you know, don't understand this as a personal relationship. So we're looking for that. And then again, cultivating a love for time in God's word and asking them, you know, how is your time with the Lord going? What are you reading? Or just Sometimes it takes you saying, this is what you're going to read. We're going to talk about this later. And then having time together in the Word during, you know, before school starts in the morning, making that a priority. And I I would encourage them out of bed in the morning. They'd waddle up to the living room, sometimes wrapped in a blanket, but I'd hand them some sort of caffeinated beverage to wake them up so they didn't fall asleep, you know, hot tea or something, or as they got older, coffee and I was very surprised that those were their favorite times, even though they moaned and groaned, had to get out of bed. But we were there. We were studying or watch, even watching a sermon together, a good, solid Bible teacher and talking about that. That's just that did some things that I didn't realize in their hearts till now in their adult years. Right. Well, and that's one of the amazing things about growing up with your kids and getting older and being able to look back. You know, I have told those who listen in quite a bit. That, you know, when the kids were younger, God really impressed on our hearts that at breakfast, we would share what we had learned in our devotions. And then that grew into them wanting to do theirs and then them sharing what they learned in their devotion. It just kept growing and growing and growing. What I didn't know at the time was we were modeling for them really the only thing that they saw as to how Christians order their days. You know, mom and dad get up, they're in God's word, and then they talk about it. And those were the only people that they lived with. That was what they thought everybody did. We have such an opportunity as parents to show them what living for Jesus should look like and model that for them, because that is their only perspective. That's all that they see. And that is a unique privilege and amazing opportunity that we have. And that will stick with them. Yes, it will. And then out of that, as they're they're heading into their high school years, of course, these are precept upon precept. You don't stop with one, you know, maybe you're not doing the Bible action songs and playing David and Goliath when they get older, but you might see them doing that with the younger siblings because that's something that's important to them or now to see them do that with their own kids. 
But then as you move into the high school years, I am adamant about the importance of teaching a biblical worldview. We got our hands on some incredible material. Am I allowed to give curriculum names? The one that I just thought was profoundly good was Starting Points by David Coring. Yeah, I believe it's still out there, but my kids were reading through just a vast array of different books, just great literature. Some of it was just like, wow, you know, I didn't agree with it, but it was teaching us that we would discuss it, compare it to scripture, and then being able to do that with different movies that we're watching. And then now to be able to discuss that as we are watching the news together, or they'll question, you know, they'll call me and say, mom, you know, what is with this? We're able to say, well, this is coming from this worldview, or this is a narrative that's being pushed that we need to look into. We know why are they all saying that, but, you know, we need to be very careful. There's, you know, Satan is a liar, and he's very active out there. And in the Bible said that it would be like that in the last days. And, you know, we don't know, but we're to be wise and innocent and, you know, act with discernment. And so, to teach them that sort of discernment and to know that the choices that they make at this age may profoundly impact the rest of their lives. You know, who are, you know, in their dating, their relationships, the, the things that they do when they're with other people, that God is omniscient. He's all knowing. He's ever present. So understanding the character and nature of God to the point where they understand they're only as strong of a believer as they are behind closed doors, and that is integrity. And so God is very, when if they're doing things that they don't think anybody else knows, God is there with them, and that will eventually come out, and God loves them too much for that to stay hidden. And so to then take that and make sure that they're reading good, solid passages of Scripture and, and understanding and memorizing, memorizing the Scripture. That was every week we would have a Bible quiz to make sure that they're getting God's Word in their heart, because that's what's going to help them later on in life when the Lord brings that back, you know, when they're struggling with something and they can go fall back on those principles. So remember that one day when homeschooling is done, after you hand them that diploma, and one day when you stand before the Lord, he's not going to say, well, what kind of grades did they get? And did, you know, how impressive was their transcript? And But what is going to, you know, you can say, Lord, I did the best I could with what I knew by your grace. And I think when you look back over their life, your time together, they're not going to remember spelling and all of those things. They're going to remember the time that you invested, and they're going to take those things with them, which brings me up to what happens after graduation. Are they all set for spiritual success when they get to the age of 18? But spiritual success does not take place from 0 to 18. That's the beginning. It happens from the age of 18 until the Lord takes them home. And so you are just laying that foundation and I think we forget that a lot. I think we get really hung up in what we can control, and we think that that is the end. And yet, as you and I know, actually, that as we lay that foundation, and it's 
intentional, but it's natural. It's, you know, everything that you described should overflow from what God is doing in your own heart. So all of those things that you're doing with them as they're younger, well, then you're also building relationships so that they can start to continue in what they're learned. As Second Timothy instructs us, continue in what you've learned and seen and heard and do these things, practice these things. So how can we, and honestly, that's where an awful lot of walking by faith comes in as parents, because at that point, we really truly lean into that trust of our savior because we've been faithful. We have given, you know, all that we had to give. And now we're trusting that God will actually use those things, let them take root and we'll, we'll keep them on track. But there are some ways that we can really shepherd their hearts, disciple them, point them in directions that will make that transition from high school to true adulthood a whole lot easier for them. Yes. Just remembering that walking with Christ is not just checking things off the box. And we do get a lot of students here at Faith where, you know, you have to re-explain, look, this is more than just, you know, on the outside checking off. You did had your devotions. Well, my day should go better or whatever. I'm serving at church. I'm doing this and that. But on the inside, their heart is far from him. And so that's something that they need to realize. And that's something we need to cultivate in our kids that, you know, like I said earlier, the integrity issue, but God, our goal is to show them that God wants to capture their heart. It's not checking off all the boxes. And so, you know, there's parents that have done this very, very well, and their kids still have chosen not to walk with the Lord, which is heartbreaking. That doesn't mean that that there's no hope. Perhaps there's other things that they need to experience. You know, of course, we don't want them to have to make those choices. We're trying to teach them so that they don't have to, but God writes their story too. And so we have to leave room for how the Lord works. And, and like you said, it's that trusting. But after investing so much time spiritually and uh, training your kids, why would you send them off to a secular university? that has an agenda to destroy that biblical foundation, you know, and oftentimes they want to destroy that within the first semester. And so that was something that actually brought us here to Faith Baptist Bible College. We found that even, and I need to be careful in saying this, but there have been Christian institutions that have been infiltrated to destroy that as well. And that's just the act of the enemy. You know, there is, it's everywhere, churches and whatever. And so I would encourage you in choosing a Bible institution or a, a Bible college or something Christian that you do a little research and find out, okay, really, what is their biblical worldview? Is it going to embrace some, a progressive ideology that is actually destroying, you know, their faith that God's word and who God really is? according to his word. And so that's something you need to do careful research. In our research, it was you know, down to very few colleges and, and the Lord brought us to Faith Baptist Bible College, which was, it was familiar because my dad had graduated from here. My husband attended here. I was planning to attend here, but the Lord didn't allow it at the last minute. But our son, we said, let's go for just a year and then see what God does after that. But we we just want you to we want to solidify that foundation. And before the first semester was over, he hadn't decided 
that he was going to, you know, he ended up here four years and he's still doing seminary as he's a youth pastor. And so, and our other two followed the same, but there's just huge benefits that your kids will, that attending a Bible institution. Oh, absolutely. And I want to just kind of echo what you said there about being very mindful, being very careful. There are some families who just really wash their hands. It's his decision. He's an adult. He can go wherever. And they really, truly take their hands off. I think there's a lot of danger in a complete, we are still called to teach our children diligently, even when they're growing. It doesn't give us a time lapse on that. So we are still there to offer counsel and direction and reminders. And so be involved in that decision. Be engaged. Go with them to tour. I know for our family, we had we took a college tour of a Christian college with actually two. I've got two that are back to back. So we just kind of did everything together with them. But we went there. And as we were there, it was almost as if in this orientation thing, they were they were making excuses. They were apologizing for being a Christian institution. It was a very strange thing. And I was actually really glad that they did it there because it made it so very clear as we were leaving, you know, it gave us great opportunity to talk. Now, David and I have always tried to be very careful in that we don't make the decisions for our adults, but we certainly equip them and we sit there and have those conversations with them to make biblical wise decisions. And so you want to be exactly, you want to be engaged with them, even in those later years, those years when they're launching, when they're making these big decisions, who they marry. You're not going to just wash your hands of it. You're going to be involved in that. So, you know, allowing the Lord to work through you, even as your kids are older, is a tremendous opportunity for us and helping to direct their hearts and minds to a higher learning, edu- you know, continuing their education in college, Bible college, seminary, whatever it is, master's degrees, whatever, helping them to understand that worldview doesn't just matter when you're in elementary school and high school. Worldview, the, the way that you are teaching things, the way that things are framed is critically important as you're learning anything. And so many kids walk away from the faith when they go off to college And, you know, it was fascinating to me, Dana, to learn that actually it's not like history or science or even a religion class that tends to do it. It's a literature class that so many have pointed to. And that just blew my mind when I first heard it, except when you step back and you think, well, every type of worldview shows up in literature, every type of, you know, morality and the way that they're making decisions and all of this stuff shows up there. And how is that presented? These being aware of all of these different things for your kids and counseling them through it is so important. Yeah. Yep. And having those conversations, like you said, always being approachable for them to sometimes come within a, you know, what do you think about this? Or they might have a view that they're gaining that might be a little bit troublesome, but to first listen and ask questions and then say, well, let's, you know, you're our best plumb line for life. You know, if you use that plumb line to build a firm, a solid building, God's word is our plumb line for life. And so measuring those ideologies up against scripture, again, in adulthood, and what a beautiful way to say, you know, God's word applies in all of these situations. Well, and even as they start 
you know, as you are engaging in this decision-making process with them, there may be times when they look like they're going to go down a wrong path. Don't shut those conversations down. Help them work those things out. So many times my kids would come in ready to make a case for what they wanted to do that was not what they should be doing. You know, and not like overt sin, but making decisions that weren't wise. And as we would talk, as we would engage, not with us freaking out and getting all acting out in fear, which as parents, we're so prone to do. We like, you know, explode in fear of what they're going to do rather than trusting that God is going to work through it. I've seen over and over that as we talk to them, as we pray with them, as, you know, aside from them, David and I are on our knees, just Lord, don't, you know, keep them on the right path. Let them understand they come around, they make those decisions that are within God's will, that you've got to give them the space to learn to make those biblically based decisions on their own, because you're not always going to be around to sit there and help them. So part of our job as we're launching our adults is to equip them with the ability, and we've been giving them critical thinking ability and all this, all these other ways, discernment, all of that, that we've worked on all these years. Now let's let them have legs and trust that God will lead them as they seek his face, but keep putting them, pushing them back to like you noted that plumb line. This is what we measure everything against. This is our source of absolute truth. How does this line up? And let them learn to work through and make those big decisions with you there to guide and counsel. And, you know, there have been some things where we had to serve as speed bumps where, you know, it's like, you're going to have to roll over me to get there. But honestly, as we look back, there were fewer speed bump moments than it was just trust and pray. Let's walk away from this right now. Let's pray about it for a couple of days and come back. And normally the Lord is so faithful to work in that, but you do have to be willing to be a speed bump when you got to be. That's right. I like that speed bump. That's good. And the praying with them and encouraging them not to make a decision until they've prayed about it. Absolutely. Well, and that's just teaching them they're going to need to learn that for life. We don't make any decisions without praying about it. And the ones that we do, we they don't work out as well. <laughs> you know, you you walk away like, man, I just reacted to that. That's not your best way of operating <laughs> for sure. So, you know, it's better that you're teaching them that while they are making these first this first line of big decisions for their life, work with them, shepherd their hearts, point them in the right direction. And help them understand why. Why is it so important that you go to a Bible college or a college that has a a Christian worldview that is in line with our plumb line of the Bible? Why is it so important that who you are dating or courting is walking with the Lord and shows that he or she loves God and loves people? Why is that important? You know, helping them start to think through those things is so important. And it is such an opportunity for us as parents. So, Dana, we're getting really, really low on time, but I want you to tell us a little bit about Faith Baptist Bible College before we go so that if there are families out there who haven't heard about faith, that they'll at least know a little bit about you, hopefully what their appetite is there, counseling their kids through making these decisions. Okay. Well, there's definitely benefits to a Bible institution like Faith Baptist Bible College. You know, obviously they're going to gain a solid Bible training there's in that Bible training, they're going to be, we guard carefully against the progressive ideologies, not we're making sure that they understand what they are, but again, bringing them back to that plumb line of scripture. 
all of our students here, when they earn a degree, they're also earning, it's a double major in Bible. And so they're getting a heavy, heavy fire hose dose of God's word. And one of the favorite classes is is family class where they're learning how does that apply then when it's my turn, I'm raising my own family. And it's very discipleship-based. We have, I think our student-teacher ratio is 15 to 1. And so, you know, it's an intimate setting, but there's rare students that are able to fall through the cracks. You know, we that's something we, we work hard to guard against. And it's not just the faculty. I'm on the staff, and there's many of us that are connect carefully with each student and are finding out where we're at with things or we act as mom and dad on campus and a lot of us are having you know entire groups of kids college kids out to our house for you know even a deeper level of of just good connection we've had entire posses of young men doing airsoft wars in our back property and (laughs) but just to gain that camaraderie we're co-laborers with christ so sometimes you know it's getting involved in ministry opportunities together as well. And then with that, then they are able to take that back into their local church and serve. And, you know, college education is great, earning a degree, but really, you know, the nitty gritty of life is those person to person relationships and how that plays out, you know, where you're, where you're, the rubber meets the road, you know, when you're putting your hand to the plow and in real life situations, no matter what degree you have, if you have that biblical foundation, you're going to take that with you for life from job to job. And, you know, there's very few people that maintain that same career throughout their entire lifetime. But you are, you belong to the Lord forever. And so something that I find unique to Faith Baptist Bible College is about half of our growing student body has graduated from homeschooling. And so we are a great first landing place. There's camaraderie here. A good portion of us on faculty and the staff at, at Faith have homeschooled as well. And so there's just a great camaraderie there with the same goals. Discipleship is very, very important. Something you don't have to wait until your student graduates from high school. We also offer dual enrollment online. And we, just a little quick plug here, if your student has not taken a class from us before, $99 for that first class that you take from us for a two or three credit class, and we're fully accredited. So those credits will also transfer. And so that's my little plug. (laughs) Dual credits are a wonderful, wonderful tool. Yes, it is. And it's a great way, too, to get a taste or flavor of the classes from the college that you're thinking about. So Glad you threw that in. That's a great starting point for a lot of our families. Yes, yes. Uh, my youngest boy was able to graduate from high school with a two-year degree and is graduating at the age of 20 with a four-year degree. So it was a great jump start for him and he's loved it. It is. It's such a wonderful tool. Well, Dana, thank you so much. What you didn't tell us is where Faith is and how we can find out more about Faith. So what is the website or how can we learn more about Faith? You can access our website at faith.edu. And if you have any questions, you can, I work in the admissions office. You can email me at blomberg.d at faith.edu or admissions at faith.edu. I'd love to answer any questions that you might have. 
We are located in beautiful Des Moines area, Ankeny, Iowa, northern suburb of Des Moines. We have a beautiful 52-acre campus, and it is beautiful. It's not just flat cornfields. We have beautiful rolling hills. We're not far from Sailorville Lake, and it's just a lovely place to live. Well, good. Well, Dana, I'm so glad that you joined us today. Thank you for spending your time with us here. Oh, thank you for having me, Leslie. God bless. You're welcome. And to everyone else, I hope this has been a help and an encouragement to you. You know, we talk about heart schooling all the time, and heart schooling involves prioritizing your mission, taking those natural yet intentional moments to invest in shepherding the heart of your child, bringing them to Jesus, giving them a foundation for their faith. And Dana has given you a lot of very practical applications for that, how that looks all along the way. But just remember that your job doesn't end as soon as they get that high school diploma. You are still there involved in their life, able to point them in the right direction, teach them to think biblically, help them to use the Bible as their plumb line, and then help them take those next steps that show that they have an understanding of God's will for them. So I hope that all of this has helped you kind of put that together. I encourage you to take a look at Faith Baptist Bible College. It is, we'll give you all the links in the show notes to actually look at their website, get in touch with Dana. If you have any other questions, look at their dual credits, all of those things. So check out the show note for that. I hope you have a great rest of your day. And I look forward to talking to you again real soon. Thank you for joining me today. It's my prayer that every episode of the Homeschooling Families podcast helps to strengthen your family by giving you biblical and practical ways to raise your children and educate them well. We'd love to engage with you more, so check out teachthemdiligently.net to find out about the resources and experiences we offer Christian homeschooling families like yours all year long. I want to take just a second to thank the team at Life Audio for their partnership with us on the podcast. If you go to lifeaudio.com, you'll find dozens of other faith-centered podcasts in their network. They've got shows about prayer, Bible study, parenting, and a whole lot more. Mm-hmm.